Crispin here on the North Shore Vineyard Audio Podcast. Hey, I, I want to let you know something. If, if you haven't attended the North Shore Vineyard Church service in the last couple of weeks, we just started um, our annual Change for Change initiative. We did this last summer, just asking people if you have one of those jars of change in your house, uh, bring some change to church and we will turn that into backpacks and school supplies for kids at Pineview Middle School in downtown Covington. And uh, last year we we raised over $1,500 doing this over a few weeks. So come ready for that if you make it to North Shore Vineyard. And right now we're going to feature a message from my associate pastor, Shane Blau. This is entitled, Loving With All. Thanks for listening. North Shore Vineyard. That's the thing he's, he starts with. He stamps the, the first two greatest commandments of all. He starts with loving God with all. You know, and that's one of those things that, you know, I, I, do, I do too much self-inventory. I, I'm someone that's guilty of, uh, I just overthink things and I overanalyze things in my own life, my own motives. And that could be a good thing, but it can also be a place where you just don't ever come into peace because you can never kind of really rest when you're constantly doing that. So that, that you know, there's a balance to that. And the, and the reason I think I do that so much is that I, I genuinely want my life to be pleasing to God. I genuinely want to pursue God um, out of a right heart, out of right motives. And, and I want to experience what this whole thing is about, man. You know, I mean, y'all, y'all hear my pitch over and over again. I'm, I'm pretty limited to what I speak on regularly. But, you know, if this thing is real, I want to experience it, Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've, I've grown up in religion, and there's so much, and religion has its, its place in the world, and it has its good and it has its bad. I'm, I'm, not, I'm a realist, but I also believe in hope, you know, and I think that's what Jesus represents more than anything, hope for us. And, and the words that he talks about with our interaction with God is to give us hope that when we're falling apart or we're feeling overwhelmed or we're feeling distraught or we're lost or we're estranged from God, that no matter what, that hope is constantly there, even when we're not paying attention to it. So this morning, I just want to, I'm, going to, I'm going to go through this fairly quickly, and I'm going to stay on topic, hopefully, um, because I want us to understand some practical things. I want to understand some practical things about what it means to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Yeah, I mean, I, we know that scripture. We hear that scripture, but how do you love God? How does that break down practically? How do we really, how do we really love God with our heart? soul, mind, and strength. And the beautiful thing is, if you have kids, it, it, that, that's been the thing that's really opened my eyes more than anything about God's love is having children. Uh, it just, it does something, it rewires you, it, it changes you in every aspect. Um, and my kids, you know, they're, you know, obviously they're, they're wonderful when they're this big, but, you know, I'm already seeing these traits where I'm getting yelled at by my son and doors are being slammed in my face by my daughter. Um, you know, and it's kind of like, oh, that cute stage is over. That, that full-time, that full-time cute stage. Now, we're having these moments now. We're having to deal with some stuff. Um, but the thing about it all is that, you know, that, that line that Zach was uh, playing this morning, uh, you're all I ever want, you're all I ever needed. And that's from the perspective of God saying that to us. 
And that is so true, and it's so hard, even especially for me, to even comprehend that, that we are all that God wants, and we're all that he needs. And, and I can understand that from a parental perspective. My kids, with, with, you know, at this point in my life, without my kids, I don't, I don't think I have a purpose. My purpose in life is not the church, though it is a part of that. It's not pastoring. It is a part of that. My ultimate purpose in life is my family. That is the greatest legacy that we have, is our children and their children and the generational effect that we have on each other as we bring up the next generation, as we show love and kindness uh, to the people in our own household. So today I want to talk a little bit what I think, and again, these are not concrete things. You know, everyone is different, comes from a different context and a different place. But I think practically, there are some things about loving with all that we we can pull out of that scripture. So we're going to jump into that real quick. And um, I hope it does something for you today. So here we go. Most people hope for an extraordinary love, that once in a lifetime relationship that is both passionate and enduring. Movies, best-selling novels, even dating websites all bank on our hope for a great romance. We are created with a great desire to be loved. It's just been that way since we've been alive. But the greatest love wasn't born in a movie or a classic novel. It was authored by God himself when he created us in his image. His singular desire has always been a passionate, enduring relationship with you and me. Like us, God wants nothing less than the greatest love story that is defined by loving with all. To me, it seems God is asking for love that comes out of passion and purpose, not obligation. That's important, not obligation. As I said, God's single expectation is for a relationship with us. He shows us this desire in and through the life of Jesus. And it was Jesus who said, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. Jesus makes it very clear that God wants all, all of us. He wants all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind and strength invested in a relationship with him. More than anything, he he craves a relationship with you. Let that sink in for a minute, man. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's amazing that the maker of it all, the, the, the entity that we, we think we understand and get to a degree, wants all of us, invites us to be in an all-in relationship with him. Now, though I can contextualize this and, and say from my point of view, yeah, I get that, I'm still discovering that, and I think you are too. That's why through this life, it's a journey. My place with God today is much more different than I was when I was 18. And hopefully it will be much deeper 10 years down the road. Just like my marriage today with my wife is at a deeper level than it was in the beginning. And it's based on more than what it was at the beginning. Anyone who has been in an all-in relationship knows that loving passionately is about loving purposefully. These two elements feed each other. Your passion drives your purpose, and your purpose is what feeds your passion. An all-in kind of love is the sum of the little choices we make each day. 
It was Gary Chapman, um, he's the guy that authored the five love languages, who said, our most basic emotional need is not to fall in love. It is to be genuinely loved by another, to know a love that grows out of reason and choice, not instinct. I need to be loved by someone who chooses to love me, who sees in me something worth loving. So this got me thinking. What are some daily practical choices I can make to love God passionately and purposefully? And that is the moment when we, you decide to go into love with passion and purpose. That's where the excitement begins. That's where the confusion happens. That's where the misunderstandings happen. That's where the interaction of love happens when there's passion and purpose driving it. Thankfully, because we are all reflections of him, we can begin simply by asking ourselves, how do I hope to be loved? We already have what it takes to create an extraordinary relationship with God simply because we are his creation. We are his children. We are his image bearers. So loving God with your heart, I think, starts with reserving time to share an affection with him. Make time each day to build an intimate relationship with him through prayer, contemplation, through conversation, or through observing creation. He wants to know you, and he wants to be known by you. Some practical ways I think loving God with your heart really starts with learning how to rejoice with God when you have something to rejoice about. Having that conversation Worshiping God, just not in word, but in deed towards yourself and towards other people. Fill him in on your private hopes. Share your appreciation for the gifts and blessings that he's given you with him. You can also talk to God when you're feeling down. You can cry to God when you're feeling overwhelmed. You can admit to God when you're feeling jealous. You can share your secret fears with him. You can apologize when you've made a mistake. You can ask for forgiveness when you know you need it. And then you can let him talk. He has things to say to you. He wants the relationship to go both ways. Ask for his advice and then seek out his answer. Listen to his stories. Hear out people who speak and walk in truth. Give thanks for the gifts that he has provided to you. Each day, set aside some time to know God. He's the one who promised us, if you search for me with all of your heart, I will be found by you. It's easy, it's easy, it's easy to lose that reservation, I know, with work and kids and stress and all the things that we cannot control. But just like your marriage or just like your relationship with your children, that time, that time, that reservation is the single most important thing that we have in this scale of time. That time is where we discover ourselves. We discover our passion, our purpose. We discover his nature. We discover his likeness. And we have something to aim towards. We have something to direct our steps. We have that lamp that's a light unto our feet. So just make that time. Loving God with all of our soul, I think means dedicating our life to him fully. 
Begin by asking him, how do you want me to spend my time, energy, money, and talents? What can I do with my resources to honor you? It's a great place to start. Find out what God values and stay true to those things. It was Jesus that said himself, if you love me, you will follow my commandments. When you invite God into all areas of your life, he will show you how to live in a way that is fulfilling and satisfying. Which I think goes back to the heart thing. You know, so I've got friends right now that have been 10 years in the marriage and, and, the, and the divorce rate is pretty alarming among my, even my friends. And it got me thinking, like, how, how does that happen so quickly? How, how, do you, how does that needle move so quickly? And I, I, can't, I won't speak to their circumstances because I'm not involved in them, but I do know that life has a way of trying to rip you away from being connected to your heart and your soul. <laughs> it does. Every temptation in life that is destructive is a temptation to remove you into a place to where you're open with God in people and trying to make you seclude yourself and focus on yourself, your own need, your own desire, your own want, your own gain. And, come, and that, when that is done out of a motive of selfishness, we, we, we're not living. We're just existing. We're punching a, a clock. We wake up. We go to work. We do our routine. We cook dinner. We put the kids to bed. We scream. We yell. We laugh. We try to get some Netflix in. We, you know, it's... You know, this is just real life stuff. So find out what God values and stay true to those things. He may ask you to shift your spending habits from self-indulgence to those less fortunate. He might encourage you to change your attitude towards work. You might develop gratitude for everything that you have or the lack of what you do have. He'll definitely urge you to forgive and love people the way that he forgives and loves you. I encourage you in every area of your life, look for ways to show and develop a deeper commitment to God. And that doesn't look like religion. That doesn't look like, if I would have read this five, six years ago, I would have internalized that I need to be doing more. It would have came down to how can, you know, I would have said, how can I show God by doing and there is some doing. You don't earn God's love, but you have to put some effort in life, yeah? So it comes from a place of, of gratitude. It comes from a place of seeing what reality really is. So much of our world, I had this conversation this week with some people, and it was just so heavy because, I mean, everything was wrong. The sky was falling in every aspect of life, and it can seem like that sometimes. But the truth is, life is not that bad. Yes, we have heartache, we have destruction, we have the, th the things that have always been since the creation of time. But the world today, more uh, I heard a staggering statistic not too long ago, there are more people dying from obesity today than starvation across the world. Humans, civilization is evolving to where respect is at the forefront of people's minds. Equality is at the forefront. Justice is at the forefront. That is awesome, folks. It's not 100%, and I don't think it will ever will be, 
but the majority of people are moving in a direction that life has so much hope in it now. Grab a hold of those things. Does this make sense? I hope it does. Loving God with your mind, I think is backing up your passion with knowledge. It was Benjamin Franklin that said, if passion drives you, let reason hold the reins. God understands that the mind and the heart are linked. He wants you to use your reasoning to understand him more fully. Begin by asking questions. Don't be afraid to challenge God or wrestle with his commands or your own beliefs. I've done this, and I've found that God welcomes genuine curiosity and dialogue. That is the place where learning really begins. That's the place where depth begins to be dug. When you press in and you keep pressing in, you become a student. You know, what the, you know that we, the Christian word disciple, you know what that means. Discipline learner. You're disciplining, disciplining yourself to learn the ways and the teachings of Jesus. And let me tell you, that's not something you're going to do just in a four-year university. Or a few Bible studies. Like, you've got to mix life experience in that. You've got to mix failure in that. You've got to mix your ego into that. It is a lifetime of discovery. But God welcomes those things. Ask God for answers. Read and find out what his words really mean. Listen to the experience of others. Take a class. Ask for guidance from someone. Make an effort to find out who and what God is like. Press in to discover who he is. He is not the, the, the guy that has a carrot on a string just moving it around from you. It isn't, it isn't like that game, you know, to where like, you feel like, God, I'm, I'm, I'm searching for you here. Sometimes God doesn't change our circumstances for us because he wants to show up in those circumstances with us. That's where we learn and experience the relationship of God. And that's what Crisp in the last two weeks has really been talking about um, pretty consistently. This whole thing, it's, if we're building this thing on just theology alone, on just on a belief system of how we want to shape our own worldview, then I promise you we're going to shape idols in our world because us humans have the ability to do that. <laughs> and God is for us and our thinking and our ways. No, it's the other way around. We need to be for God, his thinking, and his ways. Because they are higher, and they are more than what we can understand or express. Loving God with all of your mind also means directing your thoughts to valuable things. When you focus on hope and love instead of fear and hate, your heart and action will follow. In Philippians 4.8, it says, Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right. Think about things that are pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and praiseworthy. I encourage you to let yourself daily give yourself permission just to wonder about God. Replace the thoughts of wondering about destruction and doom and gloom and sickness, even though these things might be a part of your world. I understand. I'm not saying ignore reality. What I'm saying is the battle is to have your mind fixated in the imagination of what is possible, not what is. 
That isn't immaturity and that isn't false faith. That is what faith is. And perhaps in this life you know someone, I know plenty, that didn't get the promises of God on this side of things with healing or breakthrough financially or the marriage didn't work out and everyone was praying. I don't, I don't have the answers to those questions. But I know God, I am confident in this, is in every one of those experiences and is able to bring you through, and not just bring you through to say, I survived, to reshape you into a person that is strong, that is grounded, that is secure. The Christian walk is not about avoiding problems or, or, or trauma. It's not. It's about addressing those things with the helper. <laughs> and that's what I think has got so many people wrapped up, especially my generation. We grew up with Christianity as like you, you say yes to Jesus and you're blessed and wealthy and healthy, man. Come on down, buy a ticket. I mean, yeah, I mean, who doesn't want to think like that? You know what I mean? But when I read the scriptures, that isn't the journey of the disciples. When I read anything in the Bible, very few people had a, had a Kardashian lifestyle, man. You see, we, we, we can admire these people. Or we can walk like these people. The invitation is to pick up your cross and follow me. He didn't say anything about picking up the Bentley. He didn't say anything about picking up security. He didn't say anything about picking up a beautiful home. That's your dream home. He didn't say anything about picking up the perfect family that looks great on Pinterest and Facebook. He said, pick up a cross and follow me. And when you pick up that cross and you begin to follow, you're going to realize how weak you are. That you cannot bear that thing alone. That's why he asked you to pick it up. (laughs) To teach you that, to teach us that. And not just to teach us that, but to show us that he is more than willing to bear that for us and with us. His yoke is light. His burden will not destroy you or crush you. So give yourself the opportunity to wonder about God. This is a big place, man. This thing right here. I don't want to pass by it too quickly. This, that's the place. It starts here in your heart. Then over time, it works itself in. I've gotten to a point to where, I mean, even yesterday cutting my grass, I had to like check in like two or three times because I just started drifting off into this imagination and fearful things were popping up and this wasn't going to work out. I mean, just creating this future of hell, (laughs) you know? Just go and, and have to go, where is this coming from? Where is it? Like, I'm on my, you know, probably like an idiot. I'm out there, like, you know, I mean, just driving around talking to myself, like, dude, what's your deal? But it kept coming and coming. This morning, I woke up and had those same thought patterns trying to build themselves in my mind. We got great, we got psychologists in this room. They could probably answer that better than I could. I don't know why that happens, but I do know this. That is where the fight begins. And it's not weak to tell yourself it's going to be okay. It's not. It's not weak to trust God. If anything, it's the contrary to those things. But when you do, and we develop that ability, God will 
adjust and reframe your mind. It will take time. I'm not saying, you know, and here's another thing too. You can have Jesus and you can have a therapist, folks. Okay? <laughs> Going to therapy is not a big deal. Working through emotions, working through trauma. Mental health is real. And it's one of those things that the church just does, 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 does not do very well at addressing. I'll get their stigma to it, but if you're struggling with that, reach out and talk to someone. In the church, great. If it's through somebody that has a practice, great. But so much of our mental struggle has been because, one, personal trauma, but also what does the world project all day, every day? Doom and gloom. The economy's crashing. We're going, I mean, it's, it's just the, the narrative is all driving humanity towards everything that is opposite from this. <laughs> Everything that is opposite from hope. Everything that is opposite from love. And it doesn't matter what team you're playing for. Churches even do this to some degree. Well, to a lot, actually. Not all, but some do. And that might be your mental hang-up. You, you came across that. I don't know, but God wants to heal your mind. He wants to heal those thoughts, and he wants your imagination to be reclaimed. The imagination is one of the most powerful things we have as a human being. It is what separates us from anything else on earth. We can imagine. And then out of that imagination, we can do. <laughs> we can create. We can become. Have any of you ever sat around and just thought about the best version of yourself? Yeah, like, I wish I could be like that. Well, why can't you? That's the question. Why can't you? You can. I think it was uh, Henry Ford that said, whether you believe you can or you cannot, you're correct. You control that. You have God. We are the image bearer of God. You have more control than you think. You have more ability. My time are perfect. So we'll skip. Loving God with your strength, I think, means persevering for him each day to what length will you go for the ones that you love the poet uh bayard taylor once said the loving are the daring indeed genuine love demands strength and courage like nothing else it sometimes means you must muster up your resources to protect your relationship with god every single day it means you're willing to change and sacrifice things that are destructive in your life. It means being honest and sometimes doing what is unpopular. It means listening to the truth and holding yourself accountable because no one else will. It's even asking people to help you to protect your relationship with God at times when you don't feel like it or you don't feel him. It's getting up and trying again after you have failed. Each day, we must be willing to fight for our relationship with God. And those are just some practical things that I think we can pull from those things in those areas. But the purpose of all that, I think, is that it all adds up. All this adds up to learning how to love in every moment. Because that's all life is, folks. It's moments. Good moments, bad moments, sad moments, happy moments. They're moments. And every single moment counts, and it's an opportunity to draw closer to God. When loving moments are strung together, they form days. 
When loving days are strung together, they form months. When loving months are strung together, they form years. And over time, years of love for God make up an extraordinary love story. And this actual type of pursuit is actually what shows us how to love ourselves and allows us to discover ourselves. That's why I believe Jesus started with the the first of the two greatest commandments of all, are to love God with all. Because he will give you all right back. You're not going to give God more than he will give you, ever. Bring him brokenness, he'll bring you healing. Does that happen with someone just praying over you in a moment? It can for some, I guess, and that is awesome, and I hope that's the case for everybody. Or it may be walking out forgiveness for months or even years, learning the lessons of what that can bring into your life. So the purpose of loving God is, again, not because God is a narcissist at all, I don't believe, but that is a place, because as humans, we need to take our eyes sometimes off of ourselves. Because it frees us to see clearly. <laughs> it frees us to think clearly. I mean, sometimes I'm an emotional wreck. Like, again, I spend most of my time, I think, hearing from God during the summer on my lawnmower. Uh, it's about two and a half hours to cut that thing, man, and, you know, and there's nothing else to do. And so I just there and think and talk to myself. You know, and, and yesterday, like, in that two-hour span, I was like, God, you're the greatest, and I'm feeling great right now. And I was like, wait a minute. He's just doing this the whole time, cutting grass emotionally. And then just going up and down, having conversation with God because I really want to love God. Because loving God equals loving myself. And loving myself equals loving others. That is the way you fulfill the two greatest commandments of all. That's all you ever ask for, but it has to start with seeking God. Yeah? Well, that's all I have for you today, folks. Let me pray for y'all, and then we will close this thing out. Lord, God, I thank you that you don't judge us or you don't place us in line based on our understanding, our inability sometimes. God, that you look and you see who we are past the hurt, past the doubt, past the fear, past the greed, past the disappointment. You still see that clear picture of your image that you created from the very beginning. And God, I just pray, God, today that there's people here that are struggling in their hearts and their soul and their mind, even the strength in their body. God, I pray for divine intervention for them, Lord, that you would touch them, that you would breathe life into them, God, that you would bring clarity to their mind or strength to their body. And if someone is in here today, God, and they're just feeling stuck, God, I pray that you align the right people for them to connect with God. That you would send people that have your voice into their life, God. If there are people in here, God, that have low self-esteem issues, God, or body issues, God, I pray, God, that you would speak to that and their eyes would be open to what they really are, that they are the image of perfection. They bear the image of love and perfection, God. And I pray in this life, God, we all get the experience that. Bless your people today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.